Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Lyndon and Krista, a hand. One thing that you may not know about me in addition to whatever else I do is I do a little stand-up comedy on the side. And so I actually spend my time sometimes writing jokes to get people to laugh. What I didn't know is all you need is Lyndon to go, Whoa! <laughs> Why do I ever write another joke? Why do I ever write another joke? Um, so yeah, Clint came down with the COVID, and uh, I had wanted to speak a full message. You may re- recall I I did a, a little team teaching with Clint a few months ago or a few weeks ago, and I had wanted to do a, a full message here. Um, I just was hoping for more notice, <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Clint called me on, gave me as much he- as heads up as he could uh, with everything, but keep Clinton Rose uh, in prayer. So as I get started today, let me ask uh, a question. Um, how many of you, and it's okay, we're not going to hate each other after I ask this, how many of you are Notre Dame fans? Okay, some. How many are not? All right. Wow, we're pretty, we were kind of pretty equally split here. Let's, uh, let's not have a rumble or nothing here. So let me tell but you're not going to have to be a Notre Dame fan to um, maybe appreciate or gather something out of this story. So let me tell you about the first time I went to a Notre Dame game. So I had this friend, uh, his name was Phil, and he was, he uh, drove bus actually for Notre Dame. And so occasionally he would say, David, you got to come with me to a Notre Dame game. I have sideline passes. And so, yeah, and he would say that, David, come to a Notre Dame game with me. I have sideline passes. What I would hear when he said that was, David, come to a Notre Dame game with me. I have really good seats. He said, sideline passes, I heard really good seats. So there's a difference. The day of the game comes, and um, so the day of the game comes, I get to his house. He throws me an official Notre Dame polo and says, here, wear this, doesn't strike me odd at all. Hands me like a badge or something and says, here, put this on your belt so we can get in. Again, nothing is striking me odd about this. Oh, my idiocy continues to grow on this day. (laughs) We get to the stadium, thousands of people are outside. We walk by them all through the tunnel, and onto the field. He says to me, let's stand here and watch the team kick the football around for a bit. In my head, I still haven't caught on. In my head, I think, I think, I really wish we would get to our really good seats. So, um, a few minutes later, the team runs through the tunnel, runs by me. Later on the replay, I saw my big head on the screen applauding the team as they ran by. And then he looks at me and says, hey, let's go find our place. 
in my head I think, it's about time. I'd like to sit down. We walk down about 75 yards. He goes, yeah, I think this will do. I go, you have sideline passes? He says, yeah, that's what I told you. I, call, I pull out my phone, Dad, turn on the Notre Dame game. I've got sideline passes. I'm here at the Notre Dame Stadium. Because he had sideline passes, not really good seats. Now, here was the problem. Could you imagine how that day would have went for me had I recognized or had a deeper understanding that I should have had, a deeper understanding of what was taking place? Had I realized or been awakened to or paid attention to the fact that I had sideline passes and not really good seats? When he threw me that shirt, I would have thought, oh, this is cool. When I walked by the thousands of people, there would have been a little bit of me like, oh my goodness, suckers. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize standing on the field, I'm standing on the field. But because I didn't have a deeper understanding of what was taking place, because I didn't, I didn't fully, do I dare say, see the blessing that I was experiencing around me. My day was lessened because I had a shallower understanding of what was happening. Now, unfortunately, football games isn't the only place I've done this in my life. I'm guessing I'm also talking to individuals that you may have not quite looked at your situation with as full understanding of what God is doing in your life. Here's what it looks like sometimes, maybe for me. Like, I got this 16-year-old son, and sometimes like, can you just hurry up and graduate and move out? Like, I'm partially kidding, but, you know, sometimes you, you forget, you know, you're navigating the responsibilities of parenthood, and you, don't, you forget the blessings and the privileges it is that it is to raise a child. Maybe you're going to work and you're complaining about the struggles of of all the challenges at work, despite the fact that every few weeks they give you a paycheck that allows you to pay the mortgage and put a little bit aside for retirement and put food on your table. See, when we just look, when we don't fully look deep enough into the blessings that we have in our life, man, it can, it can rob us of full enjoyment of our life. It it, it it's not helpful to us to not fully go deep enough or to fully recognize what we're experiencing. As a matter of fact, it's, you know, it's still January, kind of the time of the year where we might evaluate, how can I go deeper in my faith? How can I begin to see things a little differently? And if you'll hold that thought, the title of today's message is simply, Going Deep. And so, and I'm convinced that the text I have for you today, Philippians 4, 4 through 19, has some things that we can learn to go a little deeper, have a little better understanding of how to navigate this life. And if in 2022 you were hoping to go deeper in your faith, I think there's some things that we can learn from this text 
that will help us to do that. So will you join me as we, we consider going deeper? So join me in Philippians 4, 4 through 19. You can either follow along in, in your Bible on your smartphone or the text will be on the screen. <clears throat> and here's what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Yes, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Aphrodite the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Join me in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, I just ask you, will you come and be with us today? Will you empower me to be the communicator? Better yet, will you be the teacher today? Will you teach and share what you have for us? So, Father, will you just add what needs added to this message, take away what needs taken away, and bring clarity what needs more clarity? Help us to receive from you today. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, when we look at Philippians 4 here, uh, if you follow Jesus for a while, or if you've just ever been in a store that sells motivational material, there is a lot of scriptures in this, one, in this one chapter that is just really, that is likely really common to you or you've heard. You know, where it says, 
think about these things, or I've learned the secret of being content, or that Christ Jesus will provide to his riches and glory. Like, you, these are probably phrases you've heard, and these are all in like 11 verses or 15 verses there in this short time. So this, this particular chapter has a unique set of punch. And I think it's because uh, of a few things about the context that comes out that when we look into this chapter, some of the context that it was written behind. Now, the first thing that I'd point out in terms of the context is Paul was in prison writing these words. And the next thing I would share is that, that the Philippian church was facing their own persecution and possible imprisonment. So all these positive words and inspirational scriptures were happening, were written by a man in prison to a church that was facing their own persecution or imprisonment. So think about that for a second. So when we consider going deeper, like these are models that I think we should follow. I think this was... This clearly stands the Philippian church out. It stood out to Paul. See, I'm convinced that one thing that Paul knew was as follows. That going deeper in thanksgiving brings peace. That's on your handout. I'm convinced that something Paul knew is that going deeper in thanksgiving brings peace. If we, go back to, if we go back to verse 6 there, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So Paul was connecting in this writing here the idea that when we could connect our thanksgiving to our prayers and petitions that the peace of God will guard our heart. There was a connection between thanksgiving and the peace that we experience. Now, here's the thing. If you would listen to me pray, sometimes if I'm not careful, I'm real good at the prayer and petition side. I'm real good at letting God know what I think is wrong in my life. Real good at letting him know what I think is wrong with the universe that he's made. Not always so good at sharing thanksgiving for all the blessings he's given me. If I'm not careful, if I'm honest, if I'm not careful, my prayer time can be so filled with petitions and request that it only serves to remind me of how discontent I am. So that's why thanksgiving should be partnered with our prayers and requests. And thanksgiving will help us experience an increased level of peace. Here's what it looks like in my life. There was one time um, I was driving in my car, kind of in an extra funk, I know I'm the only one. <laughs> Thanks, man. So I'm, I'm driving, and I don't know if it was a, a nudge from the Spirit or just a thought, 
But I start to lean into taking some time to thank God for all the blessings He had given me in my life. And when I began to do that, man, my funk, my anxiety began to just drift away. Because there's something about taking time to offer God thanksgiving for the things that He has given us. Man, there's just something about offering thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, I had taken a leadership class one time, and one of the assignments was to write out 75 things that I was thankful for. Now, the first five were pretty easy, you know. I'm thankful for my wife and kids, the ability to walk around and see, you know, all those, all those types of things. You know, I get a little deeper around 10 to 15. I'm like, yeah, I'm thankful for my job. Yeah, you know. We start to get to 70, 75. It's starting to get to be a little bit of a stretch. Now, I know I'm Generation X, so I'm older than some of you in the room. But who remembers the Garfield comics? You know, oh, yeah. I'm home here amongst company. All right? So... When I was in third, fourth grade around then, man, there was nothing cooler than those Garfield comics. So to tell you the weeds I was in, by the time I get to 75, I'm thanking God for things like those Garfield comics when like I was in fourth or fifth grade. But let me tell you something else that was happening to show you when I get into that detail. What was happening was God was really beginning to show me that I have an infinite amount of things to be thankful for. That he had, that his thumbprint had been all over my life, even when I didn't realize it. And so when I begin to recognize that I have an infinite amount of things to be thankful for, when I begin to realize that God had always been with me, man, there was a peace that welled up in my heart knowing that I can move forward in confidence because if He's always with me, He will remain with me. That's the peace that can come through having a regular and deeper practice of thanksgiving. I'm reminded of the time, as a matter of fact, um, when my father had passed away and they called in hospice. Man, God was with me that week. There was beauty even in that week. And so, if there was beauty in one of the most challenging weeks of my life, if, he, if God has that week, man, He's got the rest. Man, if He has that week, He has the rest of them. That's the kind of peace we can have when we take time to offer deeper thanksgiving. So let me ask you the following question, or take time to ask yourself this. Ask yourself the following question. What do I have to be thankful for? Don't list out 75 right now. You know, just one right now. What do I have to be thankful for? I do challenge you, maybe take a moment this week and sit down and list 75 things that you have to be thankful for. But recognize, one: what do you have to be thankful for? In addition, though, to gratitude and offering thanksgiving, I'm convinced that there was something that 
else that Paul knew that stands out in this text. And I think even though these ideas are related, they're a little bit different. And I'm convinced that Paul understood that going deeper in contentment brings power. Contentment brings power. Let's go back to the scripture where I see that. Verse 11, it says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Maybe what I really should have really should have said is Jesus gives us the power to be content in any and every situation. Do you hear that for a second? You have the power to be content in any and every situation. Wow. Let me make a confession. This has been some time ago, even decades ago, I had a set of silly prayers. And these silly prayers sounded like the following. I would say things like, this is going to reflect a little bit of immaturity, so please forgive me. It was things like this. Father, give me the best cars, and the best house, and the best clothes, and the best job. Like I was really focused on, man, I wanted the best in life. I thought God was my way of having the best. And so one day, both of my cars broke down. All of a sudden, I'm like, nope, these are fine, God. Just keep these running. I'm grateful for these cars. See, what was happening there is God was showing me. He had provided. I had enough to be content. I wasn't lacking anything by not experiencing the best. The best is really living under his provision. That's the best. It's best to have a little beat up car that gets you to and from work with God's hand on it than to have the best and fastest car without his hand on it. Live in his provision. We have the power to be content. Let me make another confession. I wish someone would have reminded me of this. I wish someone would have reminded me of the power to be content before I had to walk through 2020. Because Paul is saying we have the power to be content in any and every situation. I'm guessing it would have sounded like this had he been writing these words today. Whether shut down or open, I have the power to be content. Whether your guy wins or loses the election, I have the power to be content. Could you imagine the model of hope that I could have been had I been reminded 
that God was with me even in a worldwide pandemic and crazy elections and all that 2020 brought. Man, we had the power to be content. And man, I hope all that nonsense is behind us. But here's what I know. More problems will come. Challenges will come. I don't say that to be discouraging. We'll have some challenges. But even in the midst of whatever challenges may come our way, we have the power through Christ Jesus to be content. We have the power to be content. Man, one more thing about that. I am so grateful, and I feel like I'm one of them. I am so grateful that I know some people that, man, when you need prayer, you're sick or have lack, that they will ask big on, God's, on your behalf to God. That, man, that they'll ask for healing and provision and supernatural faith. I, I, man, I don't want to be in any... If I'm in the hospital, bring those prayers in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm... I want people who are not afraid to ask big. I'm all in. You bring a complicated situation to me, I will pray for what you are asking me to pray. Okay? But I think there's one side of this that we sometimes forget. I just, I'm grateful for those. Sometimes we forget, do we trust God even when he doesn't answer our prayers like we like him to? I, I just think that that's the healthiest place we can get to. When we believe in a God big enough to supply our needs in big and bold ways, but that we still love and trust Him when He doesn't. Man, that, that's a beautiful place to find. Not an easy place to find, but a beautiful one. So let me ask you the following question. Maybe take a moment and ask yourself this. How can I increase the contentment in my life? What can you do to lean into an increased measure of contentment? Here's the thing, man. Paul and the Philippian church, they were next level. Let me tell you, let me go back to chapter 1. This won't be on the screen. And verse 9. This was a prayer that Paul prayed from prison about the Philippian church. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. Let me make something clear. If I'm in prayer, if I'm in prison, pardon me, and as much as I love you, Lighthouse Vineyard, this is not what my prayer sounds like. My prayer sounds more like the following. Get me out of prison. Like, Paul, was, like he didn't even add that as an afterthought. And by the way, hey God, I'm in prison. Like, and not only that, the Philippian church, like, they're facing persecution and imprisonment. And Paul says, you were the one church that came to my aid. Oh, man, how about that? How about a church that even facing their own challenges 
is focused on the needs of others. You know how I'm convinced that Paul and the Philippian church, how they were able to be so focused on others, even amidst their own challenges? It's because of words like this. Here's what they knew. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. They knew God was going to provide. They knew God was going to provide, so guess what? They could afford to give to others. What they really knew, the reason they could be so focused on others, what they really understood was the following, is that Jesus is all we need. What they really understood, the reason they had this supernatural contentment and could offer thanksgiving in the middle of their challenges is that Jesus is all we need. If you'll stand with Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.